Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I'm Rachel, and this podcast is where you'll find the space to clear your head and calm your heart. I'm so glad you're here. Make yourself at home. Well, hey there, it's Rachel, and I'm so glad that you joined in today for episode number 46, Loving Your Spouse When Life is Hard. You know, for over 22 years, I was the mom of a special needs child, and it would seem that children are brought into the world for us to teach them. But I've learned that God's plan is more of a mutual teaching relationship. Most of the time, children teach us far more than we could ever teach them. At least that's the way I look at it. Year after year, My husband and I have watched family after family lose their children to disease. It is heartbreaking to watch your child suffer and die. And it's also heartbreaking how many families are broken apart as a result of a long-term battle with disease. I don't know if those of you who are listening have heard that um, my husband lost his father on January 24th. And so this season of grief has been exacerbated because I lost my dad on September 17th. So in a four month span, both of us have lost our fathers and we have lost a child. I lost my mother. We've lost other loved ones who were not as close to us in our immediate circle. But it begged me to ask the question as I reflected on all of this, this week before Valentine's Day, what can we do to keep our marriage strong when we're walking a journey of suffering or sorrow? And you know, years ago, it was only by God's grace that we didn't allow the trial of our Taylor's disease and suffering to snatch up the love that we had for each other. We had to choose whether we wanted to allow the trials to push us towards each other and towards our love for God and our love for one another, or allow it to separate us because of the differences. And there are differences in a marriage when it comes to those difficult circumstances, right? The marriage altar is a place where we promise that it's going to be for better or worse. But today I wanted to suggest five ways that you can love your spouse even when life is difficult, even when the challenges are just thrown at you, whether it's sorrow, suffering, disease, heartache, Whatever it is, when life is hard, you can keep loving each other. And these five ways are ways to just continue loving each other. Thought it was a great week to remind myself, honestly. So here's number one. Remind each other of the desire to come out stronger on the other side of the trial. I just really believe that trials are designed for the Lord to use to make us stronger. And when I mentioned to my husband that I had this desire to share this material some time ago, he said, trials can either make us or break us as individuals. And most of us recognize that. But he said, they can also make or break our relationships. We have to choose to encourage each other during these strength building seasons. 
And I just think that the verbal reminders that we want to keep going, we want to love each other well, we want to come out stronger on the other side of this, reminding ourselves of that verbally, in text form, in note form, um, whatever creative way you can come up with to remind each other, I would say do it, right? And then number two, determine to forgive quickly and easily. This can be a struggle even when you're not in a trial, right? Even when you're not walking through a challenge of suffering or sorrow or grief. I know that there are some couples who have to talk about every issue in detail, and that's how they work through their difficulties. And I really do understand that. But y'all at the Wojo household, there is not enough time in a day to talk about every issue in detail. We have five kids. It is a busy place. And we sometimes have to just simply forgive each other and get over it, period. We can't, you know, spend a lot of time working through the forgiveness issues when they're just trivial things. And so we determine to forgive each other very quickly and easily. When I've poured over the Bible about what Jesus said regarding forgiving, I never could find a clause that said something like, forgive each other when you've received a full explanation of all the feelings involved, or forgive each other once all the trials have ended and the issue is resolved. No, God's word simply tells us forgive one another. The quicker you forgive, the stronger you can live. And I really believe that that applies in our marriages especially. And then number three, accept the differences in your individual responses to sorrow and suffering. You know, everyone grieves differently, right? People grieve at different times and different ways, and we can't control how we feel about issues, but we can control how we react to those feelings or to one another in grief. And we're all human. You know, sometimes in grief, one person will feel angry and the other one does not. If your husband feels angry over unfair circumstances and you don't, allowing him time to process his feelings in place of condemning them would probably be golden, right? Or if you're the husband and your wife cries uncontrollably over what you feel is very small in the bigger picture of the trial, maybe give her the freedom to grieve in her own way, recognizing that you're two different people traveling a path together. You won't always have the same opinions or same responses. My friends, Bill and Pam Farrell have a book, Every Marriage is a Fixer Upper. And it's just a really, um, the subtitle is a do-it-yourselfer's guide to bringing out the best in your relationship. And I think it can be really challenging to bring out the best in your relationship when you're going through trials or heartache or suffering, grief and sorrow. It can be very difficult to bring out the best in your relationship, but I do believe it's possible. In chapter seven of Bill and Pam's book, it's called Maximize Motivation and Pam starts out the book by saying that this is sort of the Cliff Notes version on love. It's just a hodgepodge of information, but one of the things that I appreciate about the book is in regards to that point about grief and how different we are and understanding our differences can really help us with this point 
of walking through grief and allowing people to express their feelings in different ways. And Bill and Pam outline some of the extrovert and introvert tendencies, the personality types, popular, powerful, peaceful, perfect. I think understanding your differences and your likenesses when it comes to processing grief is a wonderful way to be able to understand each other and appreciate each other and give each other that freedom to grieve individually in your own time and on your own terms. There are all sorts of resources in Bill and Pam's book. I will list this book in the show notes for those of you who are interested in having resources for further study. Stress and Conflict on page 139 of the book says that it brings out different things in different people and you should know how your mate tends to solve problems. So um, there are conflict resolution styles that are listed, you know, whether you're a negotiator, the debater, the peacekeeper, the drama team, the survivor, or the servants. And there's more in the book regarding each of those that I won't go into. But the point for today is just understanding that you have differences in the way you will process sorrow, suffering, and grief, and allowing each other to express those differences and process in your own ways is critical. Recognize that you are two different people traveling a path together. I think I said that once already, but it bears repeating. And then number four, remember to share both the burdens and the blessings. I found that one of the best ways to beat discouragement is to encourage someone else. So whenever I can find a glimmer of hope, Something that I can be thankful for, I try to be purposeful to share it with my husband, whether it's a quick little text or a quick picture or something that I'm thinking about. Anytime that I am caught up on something, my husband is so great to remind me of the blessings we have to count. He often tries to remind me of the positive things. In fact, the other day I mentioned that I was just so tired and so bogged down. We'd been through so much in the last few months and traveling with that. And um, then, of course, the pile up at home that happens when we're not there to take care of things, you know, whether it's cleaning or uh, grocery shopping. I just expressed to him, I really don't want to work. And then he was quick to remind me of the blessing that I have in my work. The fact that I get to work from home, the fact that I um, get paid to do things that I love. And so he's so great about reminding me of the blessings that we have to count. So sharing the burdens and the blessings always makes a marriage stronger. And I'm thankful for my husband that he is so great at doing that. Number five, spend time alone together whenever you can. Now, I wish I could give you an exact science to this statement because if only the perfect schedule existed, right? But we all know it doesn't work that way. So whenever you can, block out distractions and connect with each other. Have dates, drink coffee, sit on the porch swing. We don't have a porch swing, but we do have a back patio. Snuggle by the fire, carve out time for each other between the necessary tasks of managing a difficult time in life. And at times it could be just something simple like a kiss over the kitchen sink 
or, you know, just a hug above the chaos. (laughs) One day, this particular rough season of marriage will end as they all do. And the hard time, no matter what it is, will be over and a new season will begin. Close the show with just a couple of passages that I try to remember when it comes to loving well in challenging seasons. First Peter 4, 8 says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. And then Ephesians 4, 2 and 3, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And finally, a reminder of 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 9, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. But love shall never fail. I know it's so easy to wish the hard times away, to wish the challenging times would just simply resolve and you could move on to the next thing. But let me just remind you that one day the tough time will be over and you will wish that you could dream on together. It'll be your dream to grow old together. So dream on, but in the meantime, love each other well. Thanks so much for listening in today. Until next time, God sees you and knows your need. Thank you for listening to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to subscribe. For show notes and free resources, visit rachelwojo.com. See you again soon. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.